0: This is Gesher, the podcast that's bridging the gap between the Jewish and evangelical Christian communities with conversations that matter. Here's your host, Ty Perry, with the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. Hey
1: everyone, and welcome to this episode of Gesher. Thanks for tuning in. You know, with an estimated 5 billion copies sold, the Bible is far and away the world's best-selling book in history, but confusion abounds when it comes not only to its interpretation, but Also, to its origins and to its reliability. Unlike most other books, the Bible claims to be the very Word of God. So the question is is this true? How did we get the Bible? Is it trustworthy? Well, here to discuss these and other questions is Mark Holman, pastor of Northeastern Baptist Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Pastor Holman became a follower of the Lord uh, at the age of 12 and sensed a strong call to the ministry early on. He received his Bachelor of Arts degree in Pastoral Studies from Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa, and earned his Master of Divinity degree from Central Baptist Theological Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota. Pastor Holman served as Assistant Pastor of Youth and Outreach at Calvary Community Church in North Glen, Colorado, and for 10 years was the lead solo pastor at First Baptist Church in Newego, Michigan. In 2017, he became the lead pastor of Northeastern Baptist here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Pastor, it's a pleasure to have you on the program today. Welcome to Gesher.
0: Hey, thank you, Ty. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, Pastor, I, I I was really thinking about who to have come on the show to talk about the reliability of the Scriptures. And your name kept coming uh, to my mind because you're a student not only of the Word, but uh, I, I respect your, your scholarship, your, your um, handling of scholarship material. And so I wanted to pose this question to you. Um, as I mentioned, the, the Bible is a bestseller. But um, for our society, it's largely a, a book that people don't understand. We're largely a biblically illiterate society. And yet, still, there's this this identity or this identification of the Bible with with truth. Um, so, let's start there. How, if you were to, to to talk with someone about the Scriptures, how would you uh, defend the question or answer the question? Why can we trust
0: the Bible as the Word of God? Yeah, that's that's really an important question. I, um, I've done a lot of reading and apologetics and. No, first thing you want to do is try and begin to identify with your audience and like where they're coming from, and that that even that suggestion I know to many people sounds like a, a very strange suggestion. Trusting the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, why would I? We live in a day in which we don't trust authorities. We don't. We certainly don't trust uh, texts in the postmodern age all religious texts are kind of looked at as equal. Um, and uh, I guess there's just one thing I would say to someone who's maybe kind of outside the faith that I would point out just, just lovingly. Um, this this observation is that everyone trusts some sort of authority mm. already. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite authors is Kevin DeYoung, and he's written a statement to that faith effect. It kind of gets us to think about our lives, but it says, all religion rests on authority. In fact, every academic discipline and every sphere of human inquiry rests on authority. Whether we realize it or not, we all give someone or something the last word. Our parents, our culture, our community, our feelings. That's a really a big one today. Uh, The government, peer-reviewed journals, opinion polls, impressions or a holy book we all have someone or something that we turn to as the final arbiter of truth claims mm-hmm. so um, yeah it is it is a big question as to why or why we should trust the bible to be an arbiter of truth claims but um, everyone needs to remember they they already have something that maybe they haven't even examined or scrutinized why they trust the authority they're already trusting mm-hmm. you know but um, that's really where it begins.
1: Well, that does seem to be the, the situation because if you talk to someone who's secular, um, they probably they're kind of living the the unexamined life as it concerns um, the the their own beliefs and assumptions. Um, they would view us as someone who's we're trusting in an authority. Um, they would say baselessly, and yet if they looked at their own lives, they would have to to acknowledge that whether it's uh, scientific theories or uh, an unspoken philosophy, they, they too are trusting in authority at the end of the day. Right, right, sure. Now, I guess uh, in the same vein of thought, if, if someone says, well, you can't trust the Bible, um, but you know you're talking to them, what would you say would be a, a good starting point for them in terms of really digging into this question for
0: themselves? Yeah, I I think a lot of Bible who or a lot of people who find that the the Bible is ridiculous have never actually read the Bible. Mm. I mean, um I I run into people regularly who who don't know even the basic fundamental facts of the Bible or don't seem familiar with its basic stories mm-hmm. or accounts. Um I thought it was really interesting that uh even recently on a Jeopardy! episode, there was a question posed to the, the contestants. And here's the, you know, these, guys, these people are geniuses, right? right? right. I mean, <laughs> I, I couldn't pretend that I could ever be on the Jeopardy! show. My, my wife beats me <laughs> at the Jeopardy! show often. It just really, really gets me. But um, it was a question, and the, the, or the, the answer was, Our Father, which art in heaven, this be thy name. What what for, that's from the Lord's Prayer, right? One of the most familiar portions in the Word of God, and none of these contestants could come up with, you know, the word hollowed. Mm. You know, it's so familiar. But I've ran into people who, you know, didn't know the account of Adam and Eve, mm. didn't know it had a snake in it. You know, maybe they were familiar with Adam and Eve, but they obviously they'd never read the. So I guess I would really challenge anybody listening to the audience into whether or not they, what whatever they think of the Bible, have you have you read the Bible? A lot of people have grown convinced, personally, that the Bible is not just a, a book written by human authors, but it's actually God's word and it addresses their spiritual condition, and is God speaking to them. They've gone convinced of that particular thought, not by not by some radio speaker mm-hmm. telling them you need to trust the Bible or some other person, but by reading it themselves. Yeah, And it, that just makes sense, right? If this is, as Augustine said, um, when the Bible speaks, God speaks, mm-hmm. if that's really true, then wouldn't it seem to be that if... When we read it, when we hear it, when we listen to it, that it would sound like something different than we've heard mm-hmm. from our parents, from our teachers, from our education. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So i I I'd just like to pause even right now, Ty. And uh, I know it's a familiar verse, but um, just to quote scripture and let it be, let it be the, resounding statement for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life Mm. I mean the Bible just makes incredible statements like that and it I think it was even John Calvin that first began to trumpet the doctrine that the scripture is self-authenticating, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and that means it, it proves itself. I don't I don't have to defend the Bible that it's true, that it's God's word. I just have to let it speak. And if now not everyone receives that, you know, right. Not everyone who reads the Bible says, Oh, I think it's God's word. And mm-hmm. there's reasons for that too. Jesus even discussed why that happens, but but it's certain that you're never gonna grow convinced of the truthfulness of Bible is God's word unless you read it yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, and what I'm struck by when I read the scriptures, I was raised in a in a Bible-believing home, but it really became my own conviction, as you're saying, the more I studied it for myself and I realized if I'm going to confront the scriptures or if I'm going to come to a position that said, this is not the word of God, then I need to get over the hurdles of the fact that Almost all of the writers, the human writers, claimed that they were writing God's word down. Um, just very briefly, speak to us about, um, and this kind of goes into more how we got the Bible. So I want to I want to hold off on that for another episode. But when it comes to the writers of Scripture, um, I remember in high school. Just as kind of a segue here, there was a a guy I was talking to, sharing the gospel with, and he said, "You know." Um, I respect that you believe the Bible, but what's stopping me from just going in a room and and sitting down and writing down my thoughts about God and coming out and saying, here, here's this new religious text. That's not how we got the Bible. Um, How many many human authors, and we'll talk about this later too, but how many human authors do they think wrote
0: the scriptures at least? I think it's somewhere around 40. Yeah. Um, Over uh, 40 different authors over about 15 centuries because you have you know Moses uh, around uh, 1400 BC all the way to the book of revelation 96 AD maybe at the very latest so that's 1500 years 40 different authors uh, from a lot of different types of educational backgrounds yeah
1: so yeah yeah fishermen in the New Testament, you have a, a farmer Amos in, in the uh, in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament, um, and then you have people in royalty, you have King David, yeah. and, and others uh, like that.
0: And your your friend, you know, what's to stop him? Um, nothing. In fact, I'd encourage him to to give it a try and see if what he produced compares to the. The majesty and the grandeur of this piece of literature. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you if he can even produce something that compares to the wisdom of proverbs, let's say, you know that 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 would be pretty impressive because right. um, God's word is is just amazing and it has it's amazing in so many qualities that it that it exhibits not just literary but. But even the content of what it says, the subjects it addresses, but, um, but also even in, in its style in its genres, in its, in its, as a literary work, um, the Bible just, just doesn't have an equal.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk about that for just a moment what the Bible does say, because if let's assume we're talking to someone who does not uh, believe the Bible's true, but they've also hardly cracked the cover, um, what does the Bible speak about? How is is it a cohesive narrative? Is it just a uh, several different uh, competing views? What do we have here?
0: Um, I, many have called the Bible, and I hate to use you know fancy words that maybe aren't as common that people don't use every day, but um, the Bible is a meta narrative, mm. uh, which basically means that there's thousands of stories. But all those thousands of stories combine to tell one grand story. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe you call it an epic. And if someone were to ask, you know, what is the Bible about? Different people have tried to summarize the Bible very briefly. And um, another author, uh, Greg Kukel, has written what I think is a, a helpful, just a few sentence summary of the Bible. And he said, this is the message of the Bible. God the creator of the universe, in order to rescue man um, for his punishment for rebellion, came to earth and took humanity in Jesus, the Savior, to die on a cross and rise from the dead so that in the final resurrection, those who receive his mercy will enjoy a wonderful friendship with their sovereign Lord in the kind of perfect world their hearts have always yearned for. If if there's a book that talks about that, uh, that that addresses the the meaning of life for everybody and gives hope and, and answers and, and points to th- to things in the human condition that we need addressed, how could you not read that book? Right. Well, it's not, It's not a book on how to. Relieve stress from your pets, or right. something <laughs> like that. In a self-help book. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, what a book! What a subject! Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, what about if I can personally uh, for you, um, what's your story in terms of your coming to a point where you
0: trusted that the Bible is indeed the Word of God? I was raised in a, a Christian home. In fact, my dad was a was a, a Christian day school teacher. Hmm bible and music so every year of my young early education elementary school it was my dad taking me to work Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and to my school and we also it was a church school situation in indianapolis indiana and um so so ty i went i went to church you know going to school going to church same place Mm -hmm. for me I was going to church five and six days a week, Wow, you know, but I was not. It was really something just my parents were forcing me to do until I was about age 12. Mm-hmm. It was nothing. It was nothing personal about it. In fact, as people knew me, I, you know, you could kind of tell that there was nothing particularly Christian about my behavior or way of thinking. Um, one Sunday night. As I was uh, listening to an evangelist to our church speak who um, had lived a life of crime and uh, drug usage, um, I don't remember a lot of his testimony, but I remember thinking to myself, uh, it's, it's amazing that God would reach out and, and save and, and deliver from that kind of a lifestyle this this kind of person, as bad as this person was, and I began to reflect in my own life as to some of the things that I was kind of hiding from my parents, that I was ashamed of. I stolen from my dad. He mm. didn't he didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And um, sitting there in the pew with all this with all this knowledge that I'd gained about the Bible and Christ, and realizing that it was never something that I had made my own, or personally believed. Um, one verse that the evangelist shared was from Romans 5.8, where he says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And you, you can hear those words, I can testify that you can hear the Bible a lot, and know a lot of it, and never have, Become convinced that God was speaking to you through it. Mm. Never, never exercised faith in it. And it was at that time, that moment, that night, Ty, that I realized that Jesus Christ was the expression of God's love for me when He died for my sins on the mm. cross. And so I, I trusted Him that night. And actually, I, I had no. <laughs> Yeah, I was just a 12-year-old boy. I had no interest in reading yeah. <laughs> before that. <then>. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like like the library would be, I I liked sports, you know. Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't like reading. I didn't understand. I, I watched television and sports and stuff like that. But that night after that message, the first thing I wanted to do was to 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 buy the book of this man's life and read his biography. Mm. I, all of a sudden, Christian books and going to church and learning and re- reading the Bible became totally different after, after that mm. after that day and that occasion. My life, in fact, changed in intangible um, in ways in my relationships with my sister, my family, others. Um, that's really where my love for the Bible began.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I, I'm sitting here in your study and there is physical witness to the fact that you are now a reader. Everywhere I look, <laughs> yeah. I see stacks of books and bookcases, and so certainly a, a change took place there. Um, you know, as I, I think about this, one of the one of the things that's always been um, so unique to me about the scriptures is that it can convict, and by that uh, I mean that it, I believe it's God putting His finger uh, through His Word, putting His finger on issues and my life or mm-hmm. uh he he allows something that was written thousands of years ago to be incredibly relevant and contemporary uh, in my own life and convicting me pointing out sin in my life or or pointing out something that i need to do um can you speak to that what is that why is the why is it that the the bible can do that to a person I, i've read a lot of literature and uh, been inspired in the sense of uh Wow, this is really a good story, but I've never read Jane Austen and, and particularly felt that I needed to make changes in my life. what what is that unique aspect of the scripture?
0: Well, I it's it's really um, God has imparted the Bible reflects the character of God okay and his character, This is a real big understatement. Doesn't match ours. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't. He is. I mean, Scripture is, as it reflects God's character. Scripture is is holy. Scripture we call it the Holy Bible. Scripture is reveals a God though that is loving and merciful, and so even when it even when it convicts, it does so firmly but gently, and and just you know um recently in in uh, some of my uh, reading of the bible i've been you know convicted about really looking at whether i'm a proud person mm. you know cuz the bible in a verse in galatians connects envy to pride mm. which which really makes sense when you think about mm-hmm. it right if you cuz no one wants to say i'm a, i'm a proud arrogant person right or, But if you ask a person, have you envied someone lately? And thought about whether that's an expression. Why do you envy them? Because you want something that they have or something, a reputation that they have. Even ministers are are guilty of (laughs) envying other ministers Mm. at times. And for the Bible to call that out as pride. See, Scripture is, it reflects God's character. as it's holy. It's, it's not very flattering to us right. at times. People flatter us, but, but Scripture doesn't. And so the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the character of Scripture itself, and the great gulf between what we are and what it is, I think is what leads to those, those convicting moments.
1: And one of the things I've seen in the scriptures that I found different from other books, I'm, I'm reading, for example, right now, a, a political biography. And one of the things that strikes me with this political biography, like most biographies, is that the writer, oh, it's actually not a biography. The writer always comes out looking pretty good. Uh when you consider the scriptures, and especially the Tanakh, especially what we would call the Old Testament, um, it doesn't always it doesn't always paint the writers of the scriptures, the human authors, in the best light. No. Uh,
0: speak to that a little bit. <laughs> no, so you, you would the Bible is often counterintuitive to what we would write. I mean, if you if you really wanted to write a a, a story about God and his relationship with the nation of Israel and this, this this great nation. And finally, he has the king of his choice. The people chose the wrong type of king in Saul, but finally God got his man in office. And then um, uh, uh, you know, David, the man who writes all the Psalms, and a man after his own heart, and, and does his will. and these Even in these different battles, he's... He's just concerned with the will of God would you really include the account of the most um, shameful thing in in stark language specific language of what he did mm-hmm. to bring shame on 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 the people of Israel on the on on the name of God mm-hmm. you know no you, you wouldn't include that the bible is counterintuitive Or or Abraham, the great man of faith, and how you know, I still can't wrap my mind how he how Ishmael was 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 given birth, right. right? And what Sarah even his wife said and would you really include that that moment where he really lost faith in in an account where you're trying to show that Abraham was a man of faith for his whole life, you know, this this real failing. That he showed so the Bible you know it's, it's, I had a professor in college once give a little I don't know if you call it a ditty that, that I've never been able to forget. The Bible is not a book. man would write if he could, nor could write if he would hmm. you know it just it just says things that you wouldn't expect it to say. yeah no person would write that. they would be more like that author. That you that you read, they, they would cast themselves in a positive, more positive light at mm-hmm. certain
1: points. Yeah. Well, and and as you look at in the Tanakh, uh, humanly speaking, the star of that is, uh, as far as humans are concerned, is, are the Jewish people. They're they're the the main uh, characters of that mm-hmm. book, and yet they're not painted real well there there certainly there's some real highs but the lows are far more frequent uh, and low lows and then you look even in the new testament and you read about uh, people like ananias and sapphira Uh, you read about a a fallout between uh, barnabas and paul
0: and it's it's very human and most of the churches of tribulation were not complemented by jesus christ right Right.
1: or the books of (laughs) corinthians uh, uh, a a church that's in grievous disorder the Bible is brutally honest. Yes, yes. Well, I want to go into. So we we've talked a little bit about some of the the reasons, um, and there's myriad reasons. But uh, it claims to be the Word of God. As you read it, it testifies uh, to our to our spirits that it is the Word of God. Uh, and certainly, we can look at uh, many other many other issues, including the fact that it doesn't. Um, It's not written like most books are from a human perspective that, reflects well on the 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 writers. Um, I want to talk also here though about uh, prophecy, because prophecy in in the church today is not a real popular subject. It's something that's often uh, kind of I always refer to it as the crazy uncle of Christian theology. No one. We all acknowledge it's there, but not everyone wants to talk about it. Right. So let's let's talk a little bit about prophecy and its role. Yeah,
0: you have a crazy uncle.
1: You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, incriminate myself. There, we'll just say that I think every family probably <laughs> encounters something like this. Um, this is being recorded, by the way. Right? It, well, and I'm the editor, so that I have that in my favor. Um, what is the role in prophecy in in helping someone understand the reliability of Scripture?
0: Well, according to the book of Isaiah and several verses, um, God wants to prove that He is the one true God, and that the gods of the nations are just dumb idols. Yeah, they don't do anything. They don't speak. Uh, They have no knowledge. So, um, the reason that there are many verses in the book of Isaiah, God even turns to his people and i'm just paraphrasing you know and says uh, i'm going to i'm going to call this prophecy so when it comes to pass you'll know that i'm the one who did it and you'll not be able to say my idols are the ones who told me that this certain event would take place but but only only this book of isaiah that i've been handed down that, that i've read and that i've known it, it must be that the god who wrote this book is the one true living god because Only God can foresee and infallibly bring to pass future events. Mm. Nobody, I mean, Vegas is counting on the fact that people (laughs) can't do that. Right. And I know you know that. I know that very well being from Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, uh, prophecies are one of, um, I think one of the, telltale signs that this book is is a divine book in its origin.
1: So in, I want to um, close with this. We've talked about more internal evidences of the reliability of Scripture. We have not talked about science or uh, outside verification of Scripture, so let's turn to that. Um, I'm fascinated by, when, whenever I go to Israel, we'll go to an archaeological dig or... Uh, you see these ruins that have been uncovered, and they do confirm uh, much of Scripture. What role, in your opinion, does does archaeology and that type of, of a scientific discipline play in helping us understand that we can trust the Bible? Should it be a major, uh, a major thing, top of our list, is that we can trust the Bible because there's archaeological documentation, or maybe not?
0: I, I hesitate to use the word confirm when yeah. I look at archaeological find that they that they confirm the truthfulness of the Bible. I think they demonstrate or illustrate the truthfulness of the Bible and and that is that is always that has been a growing wonder mm-hmm. right as as archaeologists have uncovered. I mean, they just keep finding things that 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 verify the, the people's, the dates, the places, the buildings, the the, the settings, the culture, the customs—they they just keep finding things yeah. that they sometimes didn't expect. You know, I I know um, I I had the privilege a few years ago to go over to Israel, and uh, our tour guide, um, you know him, Tito, Tito, yeah, and, and Tito's not a Christian, mm-hmm. not a believer, not someone. I don't I don't even think he's a religious Jew. No. But he's been a, uh, a tour guide in Israel for decades, and even uh, even he said something like this: you know, the Bible is obviously an ancient book written by people who were eyewitnesses of mm. the of these these cultures, peoples, and places. Because you know, it was just he showed me the pilot inscription that they'd found. Yeah. you know in Caesarea where for many years who knew if Pilate had actually been a governor in that particular area at that particular time well then there it was they yeah. you know they questioned the authenticity of even David being an actual king until you know the, oh, they find an inscription in the pool of Siloam. you could just go through a, a long list hundreds maybe thousands of things i mean go over to israel it's just a testimony it's just a living testimony uh, everything from Herod the Great to, to Quirinius. You know, I mean, is just, um, you'll, you'll never find that the Bible is, um, is inaccurate with all of these ancient things in an archeological... They, I don't know if they confirm the truth, but they definitely illustrate that the Bible is, is, uh, is, is accurate and was written by people who are living through its times that it's recording. Yeah, you know.
1: yeah. Well, I, I think uh, in closing, I, just, I love this passage in Hebrews uh, as it concerns the scriptures. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I don't know of a book that can do that, that besides the Word of God. So, Pastor, I want to thank you for your time today. Thanks for joining me here on Gesher. And uh, listeners, I want to just invite you to tune in uh, again for another conversation with Pastor Mark Holman uh, as it concerns how we got the scriptures, kind of the development of the canon and how we got the scriptures today. So, Pastor Mark, thank you for your time today. Hey, thank
0: you. You've been listening to Gesher, a ministry outreach production of FOI Equip, your free resource for learning and engaging with the scriptures from a Jewish perspective. To learn more, visit foiequip.org. And for more information about Thai, visit FOI.org forward slash Perry. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom.